0: Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 9th of March, which means we have 297 days remaining in this leap year of 2020. This afternoon, a little bit before 2 o'clock, we'll see the crest of March's full moon, also known as the worm moon, the crow moon, and the sap moon. In 2020 our March full moon will be the first of 3 full supermoons in direct succession. The March moon will be the second closest to the Earth at 222,081 miles. April's will be the closest at 221,851 miles. And the May full moon will be the furthest of the 3 at 361,184 miles. Today in 1497, Nicolaus Copernicus recorded his first astronomical observation. Today, in 1522, Martin Luther began preaching his Invokavit sermons in Wittenberg, Germany, the same town from which he had launched his 95 theses five years earlier in 1517. Some of us might remember from our early acquaintance with the launching of the Protestant Reformation that a great deal of violence ensued throughout Germany after the 95 Theses became widely distributed via the nascent printing presses of the day. But a half-decade later, Luther's Invocavit sermons reminded German citizens to trust God's Word and Christ's teachings instead of engaging in violence. It helped wind down the revolutionary stage of the Reformation. Today, in 1776, Adam Smith published his premier work on economics, The Wealth of Nations. Today, in 1864, Ulysses S. Grant was appointed commander of the Union Army. Today, in 1916, Mexican General Francisco Pancho Villa led an army of about 1,500 guerrillas across the Mexican-U.S. border into the New Mexico town of Columbus. Eight soldiers of the U.S. 13th Cavalry Regiment and 10 local civilians were killed. Today in 1935, Adolf Hitler announces, announced the creation of a new air force, the Luftwaffe. Ten years later, today in 1945, 334 United States Army Air Corps B-29 Superfortresses attacked Tokyo, Japan with 120,000 firebombs, which together comprised the single deadliest air raid of World War II. Today in 1918, Frank Morrison Mickey Spillane was born in Brooklyn, New York, to Irish bartender John Joseph Spillane and Catherine Spillane. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us Mickey did his first storytelling in grammar school, spinning horror stories to terrify his classmates. Later, Mickey tried unsuccessfully to become a lawyer and began resorting to odd jobs, one of which was as a salesman at Gimbel's department store during the Christmas rush. A friend there steered Mickey toward a job writing comic books, which was interrupted during World War II when Mickey served in the United States Army Air Corps. After the war, Mickey married and his wife chose a home site in Newburgh, New York. But the couple needed $1,000 to buy it. So Mickey cranked out his first novel, I, the Jury, which featured the tough detective Mike Hammer and lurid sex, and earned enough to buy the property, though not much else, sending Spillane again into the labor market, looking for anything to do to pay the bills. One of those gigs was as a sales clerk for the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, where Mickey was a trampoline artist and also was also shot from a cannon. He was glad to stash his leotards after a few novels he'd written became a hit with readers. Yet critics were appalled at Spillane's work. Among the complaints were that his fifty-eight antagonists had been killed in Mickey's first six books. His novels were also peppered with anti-communist views, about which Spillane would say, I pay no attention to those jerks who think they're critics. I don't give a hoot about reading reviews. What I want to read is the royalty checks. Ask about his raw style, Spillane would reply matter-of-factly, Hey, if Shakespeare was selling big today, I'd write like Shakespeare. By the end of his week, we'll have the Ides of March, a time the ancient Romans considered an appropriate deadline for settling debts. Shakespeare's soothsayer warns Julius Caesar in the eponymous play to beware the Ides of March. As anyone who has read or watched the play knows, two acts later, Caesar is assassinated by those he had once trusted. Today, we're closing in on the middle of a month ancient Romans traditionally thought was the beginning of the year, since for them in Italy, March marked the beginning of agricultural activities and therefore the renewal of life. Indeed, this past first week of March here in Orono, we had temperatures reaching high into the 50s, Fahrenheit, almost into the low 60s. Many of us might have enjoyed those temperatures for their rarity of warmth occurring in, for us, an otherwise traditionally frigid month, yet some of us most surely were wondering whether this sort of weather was the harbinger of something larger and not so desirable. We are cultivating an amazing schizophrenia. On the one hand, we are becoming increasingly aware of our carbon emissions from fossil fuel equipment of one sort or another. Plotted out on graphs, The angle of the CO2 data continues as a steep incline. On the other hand, we seem all about business as usual, running all that equipment as if we have no reason not to. Plus columns and minus columns become populated with appropriate symbols, People are indeed picking up on climate change, especially here in Down East Maine, where we usually prioritize weather in our daily point of view, but we are also letting our social order create an inertia of inaction regarding changing our fossil fuel burning habits. Today is also the birthday in 1934 of Yuri Gagarin, in 1936 of Marty Ingalls, in 1940 of Raoul Julia, and in 1971 of Emmanuel Lewis. For more on Omane, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to a fine early March morning.